Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Kamalafe, and it is my mission to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Now, with living costs continuing to rise, Money Hub on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their finances and improve their financial wellness. Money Hub provides a central space to see all your accounts and assets so you know exactly what's coming in and exactly what's going out. You can connect your current account credit cards, investments, pensions, savings, mortgages, and loans, all with ease, allowing you to have a clear view of all of your accounts within one platform. Once connected, Money Hub will help you learn to manage your money better with simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, pay off your debt, see how your investments are performing, and also set yourself personal spending goals. If you're a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations. And if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian, giving your credit score a boost. Money Hub has been named in the FinTech Power 50 Trailblazer cohort and has the widest range of connections available in the UK. To get started, download the app today and take advantage of a free six-month trial with no automatic renewal, which means you get to choose whether you want to continue or not after trial. With Money Hub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting your savings, or monitoring your investment. Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. You can download today on the Apple Store or Google Play. There is a link in the show notes. Good morning and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're well. I hope this finds you well. Uh, This past week has been extraordinary. And for this episode, I want to talk a little bit about what's happened and um, what is expected to happen in the next coming weeks or so. Um, The mini budget, I didn't think it would have such a a massive impact, but it feels like in the media that's the only thing that we're, we're we're talking about because of some controversial announcements in there. I actually made a video on YouTube uh, the the Tuesday, so last Tuesday, talking about why I thought parts of the budget, well, why the budget wasn't all bad, and I tried to point out some of the positive things that were in there about you know business, you know the stamp duty element to it was great for first time buyers, many. For, first-time buyers who, you know, listen to this podcast and watch the YouTube channel, not having to pay uh, stamp duty because the thresholds have been increased, I thought were were really positive. IR35, very, very positive. Uh, Corporation tax being kept at 19%, very positive for business owners, SMEs, so on and so forth. Low investment zones, very, very good. You know, there there were a few things in there that I thought, when it came to the growth agenda, served a really good purpose. But there's an own goal in this budget. And that has been the topic of conversation this past week. It has meant that we've seen a run on the pound, which uh, as of the back end of last week, kind of now has recovered a little bit. But it all feels like it's a mess, you know, something that didn't actually need to happen. Because I feel as though there was a moment of over-exuberance, excitement, and maybe things just weren't done properly. We didn't cross the I's or dot the T's. Um, And so, dot the I's, cross the T's? Cross the T's and dot the I's, (laughs) you know what I mean. Um, And so, let's talk about what's actually happened. Now, the biggest and most controversial part of the mini-budget was the 45%... um, tax threshold being taken away. Now, that 
I, in the video that I made on Tuesday, because I always try to be as balanced as possible, I argued why and tried to ask the question why they didn't just increase the personal allowance from 12,570 all the way up to maybe 20,000, 25,000 pounds. Because I can't help but think, because of the context of where we are and everything that's happened over the past two years, so we've had COVID, uh, furlough introduction, then obviously off the back of that, we've now had cost of living. This is the current crisis that, that, that we're dealing with. The company is going to borrow 150 billion pounds to try and you know, uh, limit the energy cap prices to two and a half thousand pounds for a typical household. And um, whilst doing all of this, we are shelling out a tax cut to the highest earners in the country. It, and it hasn't been costed. It wasn't costed by the Office of Budget Responsibility. And so chaos ensues. The pound dr tanks dramatically, lowest levels in history. We have uh, the Bank of England have to step in to prop up government debt, UK debt. So typically what happens in those environments is, you know, when, when, a, when, a, when a government borrows money, one of the big concerns is it's an IOU, right? So typically this is how it works. The government needs to raise money. They will borrow money from the general public and they will say, or from, from money markets, and they will say, look, for X amount of money, we'll give you a return of X, Y, Z. Now, that's all very well and good. And the UK has a very good track record of paying back its debts. But the difference this past week was we are borrowing huge sums of money and we're then saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to give a tax cut to the highest earners in the country, therefore reducing the amount of money that we have coming in. And that right there has spooked investors. Like, we don't know that the UK is going to be able to pay this back because we don't have the numbers to prove how this is going to be paid for. And that's what led to the pound tanking. It's just confidence. Investors did not have confidence that the government will be able to pay back its debts based on the fact that we're borrowing more money, putting it on the company on the country's credit card and giving a massive tax break, a tax cut essentially. And so when the pound falls, what then happens is because we import so much into the country and a lot of stuff is is paid for using the US dollar, well the price of those things then go up, which means that inflation, which is the increase in the cost of goods and service around you, goes up. And it, I guess you're following this conversation because you've been listening to this podcast. We've been dealing with the problem of inflation since the beginning of this year. And so what happens when inflation happens is interest rates go up. And that basically means that your borrowing, your debt then becomes more expensive. It squeezes your disposable income even more. It's a vicious cycle. And this is where we are right now, where the Bank of England had to intervene to give confidence to investors to say, look, we will prop up government debt here. We're going to buy a load of this stuff to stabilize the pound. So the pound closed at a pound and 11 cents to the dollar um, to prop that up. And we are yet to find out whether there is going to be an emergency interest rate hike. And that has got a lot of people spooked. So the forecast is that interest rates are going to raise to 
about 6% this time next year. And what that essentially means is that for a lot of people who have mortgages, myself included, there is a big concern about what mortgage rates are going to be in 12 uh, 12 months time if at 6%. Now there are 2 million households in the UK who will be exiting or will have their fixed rate mortgages end in 2023 slash 2024. And if you were to fast forward to the scenario where the interest rate, the bank rate, interest rate rise to 6%, you're going to see extremely high mortgage rates. I'm talking 5, 6, maybe even 7% mortgage rates. For many people, that is unaffordable considering energy prices have gone up, fuel costs have gone up, food costs has gone up. Now you're going to get squeezed on things like mortgages. And for those people who are renting, this will have a knock-on effect to rents as well because as landlords struggle to meet the mortgage payments, they are likely to increase rents on renters. So this is a massive kind of convoluted cycle that's intertwined that has been upset this past week because of a mini budget which in the end wasn't properly costed wasn't really thought through and we have Liz Trust speaking at the Conservative Party over the weekend and for the BBC essentially not answering the question which is a legitimate question of will you introduce spending cuts. Now, let's just take a moment to pause right there. And I don't want to be alarmist here, but I think that this is it's important for us to to be aware of what the potential options are. Now, there's been a lot of commentary around spending cuts this week. And the reason why spending cuts are now on the table is because there seems to be a reluctant to look back over the mini budget and reconsider the tax cuts at the 45% tax bracket. I don't want to get conspiratorial in any way, shape or form, because that leads us down a different kind of conversation around whether or not, you know, uh, politicians really care or who they're giving tax breaks to being their mates. But the simple fact of the matter is this, if you implement and go through with the tax cuts to the 45% tax bracket, essentially what you're doing is you're limiting the tax receipts to the money that the government is able to bring in. And this is a simple mathematical equation. If you're bringing in less, well, you have to reduce your spending, especially if you're borrowing more money anyway, which we are going to be doing, you have to reduce spending. And so this brings up the fear of further hostilities being announced very, very shortly. Now, this is going to be a bitter pill to swallow for millions of people in this country. And if I'm completely honest, I, I re I'm, I'm lost for words. I really, really am because through the cost of living crisis, one thing that I have kind of realized, particularly doing uh, more TV and speaking about this, I've realized that in most cases there is help available, but the help 
it's somewhat limited. And so if we see further spending cuts, the help that is available is going to become even more limited. And this, the sad reality of it is that the people who are going to suffer the most are those who are on low incomes, who have been hit hardest by COVID, who have been hit hardest by the cost of living crisis so far. They're struggling. They're already using food banks. They already can't afford to heat their homes. It's going to impact people who have disabilities. It's going to impact our elderly. It's going to impact a large swathe of the population. And again, this is avoidable if they just think again about the tax break to the 45% tax bracket. I don't understand it. I really don't. And I think for this episode of the podcast, I, I just wanted to maybe offer some, some words of encouragement. I mean, look, it's very, very easy to panic and to be worried about this. I mean, not only are people going to be worried about paying their rent, paying their mortgage, not only are they going to be worried about paying their energy bill. And ironically, the 400 pounds, which has started literally this past weekend, that intervention is going to be hitting, you know, people's electric accounts, energy accounts, literally this month. And with everything that's happened, that help is going to get wiped out by increased mortgage costs, increased rent costs. And so it feels as though the help that has come before has been nullified. And then you're back at square one with someone sticking the knife in, twisting. And for a lot of people not knowing how to deal with this. And so whilst that's not necessarily uh, a bright picture or a bright backdrop for what I'm about to say I think it is important to kind of be aware of how the land lies and it almost feels like a platitude saying this (laughs) in fact it is a platitude to say this but I'm going to say it anyway whatever situation you're in right now please try not to panic My biggest concern is this, people are going to be worried and you're going to start to see people suffer from a mental health point of view first, because financial worries, financial stress, that's anxiety inducing, that's leading people to depression, that's not being able to sleep because you're worried about how you're going to survive. And I think it's really, really important to to try and take care of your mental health. Extremely important to try and take care of your mental health right now. And just check in with yourself and just be maybe cognizant of, you know, how, um, how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Um, and just please don't bury your head in the sand and just, I guess deal try to deal with it on your own try to at least if you can seek some kind of help 
and have conversations with people. There is help out there. For sure, there is help out there. And I will link in the show notes um, to a charity, to a nonprofit charity that talks a lot about mental health and particularly when it comes to money as well, because I think it's really, really important for us to understand how we can deal with the anxiety and the depression that this is likely going to cause. And, you know, when you think about anxiety and depression, it isn't, you know, I feel depressed or, you know, I, I, I feel anxious. Sometimes it's fleeting. It happens in a moment. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you're worried about it and it's, and it's preoccupied your mind or you find yourself not being able to sleep because you're thinking about, oh my God, how am I going to do this or how I'm going to heat the house and that kind of stuff. It's really, really important to note those moments. Very important to note those moments and try to at least address it. So I'm going to link to minds.org.uk in the show notes below. Please reach out. Please have a conversation. Please ask for help because it's, it's extremely important to take care of mental health. That's the first thing that I'm going to say. So please take note of that. The second is the boring stuff that we've spoken about so much about on this podcast, right? I think it's really important that we that we do everything within our power to ensure that we have control over our finances. And again, it sounds like a platitude. It almost sounds as though we're clutching at straws here because, you know, in 2022, we should not be in this situation, but this is where we are. We, we're dealt these cards that we have to deal with and we have to play with. And whilst it's going to be painful, and I think things are going to be very, very painful moving forward. I think we have to find a way and we will find a way to adjust to this. The sad thing is that, you know, we've enjoyed, well, I say sad thing. It's not a sad thing that we've enjoyed low interest rates. But the sad thing is that we're now moving into a new era where low interest rates are a thing of the past. They really are. The worst thing that could happen next week is, well, in a couple of weeks' time, because the Bank of England are buying these uh, government debt for the next week, week and a half, is after that intervention is finished, the pound slides again, at which point the bank either resumes that buying program or we see an emergency rate hike. And... If that comes in at one, one and a half, two percent, that's going to be devastating. Um, but we're not quite there yet. We're not there yet. So we can be hopeful. We hope, I hope at least, that the politicians get their, that their game together and, and they find a solution that is going to work for the people. The people. And I hope that they're able to be introspective and to accept that maybe what they're proposing, justly so, has not and is not what is appropriate for the situation we face right now. I'm not a politician. I'm not an econ econ economist in any way, shape or form. But I think where we're headed 
we're heading for pain. And I worry about how much of that pain people are going to be able to take before it gets too much. And so there's so much uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty. And I hope that they get this right. But the honest truth is, I, I don't know. And I think nobody knows whether they're going to get this right or whether they have got this strategy right. It, it feels as though it's very much, okay, let's just, let's just wait and see what happens. We'll implement this. We'll see if it works. There is no, I guess, measure of the propensity of success from this course of action. And I think that's the really disconcerting thing for a lot of people. We don't know whether it's going to work to any degree. And if there is some kind of measure or propensity or some kind of inclination of how successful or the likelihood of how successful this is going to be, maybe they need to communicate a little bit better. And that's something that this trust kind of said, you know, this <laughs> this weekend, you know, they didn't lay the groundwork for this as well as they should have done. And we've learned and I don't know. <laughs> Uh, let's not get political, but I don't believe her. Um, I don't believe that they've learned and I don't believe that they'll do anything different. I think I was on a live this past week on Insta on Instagram and on YouTube. And I basically just said, I said, look, you know, at this level, when, especially when you're in government doing something wrong or making a mistake has consequences and, uh, not getting this costed by the office of budget responsibility. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, because the the impact of getting that wrong was the run on the pound, the pain, the fear that we're fear that we're that we're seeing right now, the panic that we're seeing right now. And so look, the main lesson I want to leave you with here is please look after your mental health. Please, please look after your mental health. Check in on yourself and just don't bury your head in the sand. Ask for help. There is help out there. Hopefully there won't be any spending cuts. Hopefully we're not going to have to deal with any of that, but there is help out there. Please don't be afraid to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness to do so. And if you are in a position where, you know, you have a mortgage and you're worried about your fixed rate ending in 12 months, there's 2 million households who are going to be in that boat. I'm in that boat myself. Then the video on the YouTube channel tomorrow, Tuesday will be helpful because I give uh, a little bit of an insight into the numbers that I'm looking at and how I'm viewing things. So hopefully you can use that as a barometer, maybe a, a source of research for what you might do. Um, but as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this Monday morning. I apologize that this isn't more of an upbeat episode, but um, yeah, it is what it is. We are where we are. Remember, money's a tool, life is for living. I appreciate you. Have a good week. I'll speak to you next Monday. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one -on -one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.